You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Here are Matt Hatfield and Coach Ed Young. It's April. The only thing new here is that Ed Young is playing with the lights, which you all can't see out there, but you can hear us on 757 Saturday Sports Talk on 94.1 Priority Auto Sports Radio. I am Matt Hatfield. We got the coach, Ed Young, who is the maestro with the lights. But on the other side of the glass, the maestro pushing the buttons, turn the knobs, keeping us afloat, is the lifelong diehard fan of the undefeated Chicago Cubs, 1-0 and counting, Mr. Dino Franza. Good to have you back in the saddle. How are you? Uh, good. I'm glad to be back. Uh, it's been about a month or so since uh, I've been in here. Yeah. And uh, I tell you, yeah, 1-0, the Cubs. Uh, not much to go on there other than they uh, did look pretty good the other day. They though. did. Big matchup with uh, Justin Steele, Phil's cousin, against Brandon Woodruff on the hill today for the Cubbies against the Brew Crew. <laughs> I don't know if it's Phil's cousin, but I like saying that. You know, and speaking of MLB, uh, we do have our over and unders coming up That's later right. today. That's always fun. And Ed's going to ask, I'm sure, as we'll talk about the big happenings last night in Texas with the Women's Final Four, Men's Final Four, also in Texas today. We've got some special guests to tell you about and give you a chance to hop in here at 757-687-9494. We're still working on our phones in here, so Dina will have to push us up, keep us afloat and let me know who we got on the line throughout the morning here. But 757-687-9494 will get you in here. Ed, I'm sure you beat me last year because I cannot find the records of last year's over-under. Rister's not here today. I did pick One. his O's as an under, which did not happen for the first time in forever last year. So I think you won last year. Yeah, I went. First of all, good morning to everybody. I did check. I won by three. Won by three. Okay, what was that? You were you were three and two to my zero and five. What was that? I'm not even sure what it was. I think I had I picked three more teams correct than you did. If I'm not well, mistaken. that would be yeah plus three. That's how it works. Yeah, plus, so uh, plus three. A lot to go on. By I, the way, I wait my uh, steak dinner. Well, you you still owe Willie Gauze one, so I'll give... By the way, Willie Gauze, who is no longer the head boys basketball coach at Kickatan, I think there will be some news coming out with him where his next destination will be soon. But Ed Young, the fortune teller, Dino, because I don't know if you missed last week's show, or her last week's show. You might have missed it. It's up on our podcast page Broke on it. ESPN Radio 941.com. We had some special guests like John Krikorian, head coach of the national champion CNU captains men's basketball team. The women, as you mentioned today, going for a national championship as well. How cool would that be? A double dip of CNU men and women winning D3 titles. That would yeah, be awesome. What a story that would be if they uh, both can manage to uh, pull it off. That would be just remarkable. We also had, in addition to uh, John Krikorian, we had the Virginia Sports Hall of Famer David Teal, who's covering the uh, women's final four down there in Texas. I'm sure he'll have some stories on the men. Had a neat story about uh, one of our good buddies, Jim Laranega, head coach at Miami, who I got to know pretty well when he was at George Mason. Also had on the 13-time state champion coach, of the Princess Anne Lady Cavaliers, Darnell Dozier. And again, all this is up on the podcast page if you missed it, ESPNRadio941.com. And we also had a man by the name of Mike Rhodes. And Ed Young started a rumor about Mike Rhodes that ended up coming true. I'm starting a rumor right now. <laughs> oh, here he uh, Penn goes. Penn State University oh, here he goes. has Mike Rhodes on their um, short list. <laughs> and uh, whether you know it or not, I've already started a rumor, Mike. So it's he wants to there. negotiate for you. Look at him. Unbelievable. If they need a middle linebacker, I could do that. <laughs> My way's up there, Coach. Uh, look, uh, you know, first of all, let's talk about Virginia basketball and Division three basketball. Like, there's great coaches everywhere. There's a lot of great players everywhere and programs. Look at the uh, Sly Pro, oh. Mike Rhodes, changing the subject real quickly. He Change didn't deny it. He didn't deny it. And he's not playing middle linebacker at Penn State. He's nope. instead the new men's basketball coach at Penn State. And thanks to you, my phone was blowing up all last Saturday throughout the uh, Elite my Eight sources games. sources were right. Twitter was sources. going ablaze with VCU fans losing their minds because of your rumors. Which, by the way, it was kind of out there, but you saying it out loud on public airwaves got everybody up in arms. Yeah, I tell you what, he was right dead, he was on. dead on, and I love how he just changed the subject. Oh, it was beautiful. It, you know, it's, a shame. It. it's a shame how he uh, gave up his dream job, because remember, when he was hired at VCU, that was his dream job, but how can how can you turn down that oh, Penn State listen, job? Uh, a lot more money, and uh, you're in the Big Ten. Million. Yeah, three and a half million, which is double the salary, and I don't fight, fault Mike Rhodes one bit. He's an awesome guy. We've known him for years, even when he was the head coach at D3 Randolph-Macon, which was part of what we talked about, John Kerkorian, D3 national champ, Dave Macedo's 1-1, Josh Merkel is now at Randolph-Macon's 1-1. 
And so he cut his teeth there to begin with. But the one thing I am blaming you about, Ed, is now Mike Rhodes will return my congratulatory text because of you. Thanks a lot. Won't hear from the guy for two more years. He's got so many other things to worry about. Take them off. He ain't going to worry about us ham and eggers right now. He's got a ham and eggers. It sounds good. I can go for some ham and eggs right now. That does sound pretty good right now. How how come we don't have people bringing us food like like we do? You know who's got food on the house right now? You can you can bet every dollar you got. Caitlin Clark in Iowa. How about her last night? Oh was she God. magnificent or what? If you're just waking up and you haven't watched Sports Center or heard Dino's update or been following the women's uh, elite eight, and listen, last weekend I actually scoffed at the comment that the women's basketball Hall of Famer Debbie Antonelli said. Debbie Antonelli is very sharp, so I don't mean this to come off as negative towards her, but she said that the Iowa and I haven't seen the ratings or numbers that the Iowa. And South Carolina Final Four game would be the most watched women's basketball game of all time. To which I dropped my pen and paper and said, hold on a second. You've got Candace Parker. You've had UConn, Sue Bird, Deanna Taurasi. Those two were on that ESPN2 simulcast a la the Manning cast last night. You've had so many great ones over the year. Maya Moore, Brianna Stewart. List goes on and on about all-time great players. Uh, Asia Wilson. We could just go on about so many great ones in women's basketball history. But... I said, no way. Now, I will tell you this. The nation was captivated by this last night. A South Carolina on a 42-game winning streak. They had not given up, I think, uh, they were just allowing, literally, I think it was 51 points per game. And Iowa had that like three, four minutes into the third quarter. And last night, 77-73, Caitlin Clark, 41 points, eight assists, Six rebounds, and Iowa was a perfect 14 of 14 from the foul line. I didn't see it coming. I thought South Carolina would stomp on them, and they didn't. And I'm not going to knock Dawn Staley in South Carolina so much as Iowa just made every big shot, every big play to answer them and their defense and their imposing size, Ed. Yeah, I, I didn't have – I had intent to watch the game. I watched LSU-Virginia Tech. We'll get to that and, in a bit. And then I got busy on phone calls and kind of fell asleep and – the dog wanted to go out and play ball, so I had to go play ball with him. That was night in the rain and in the, the dark? Yeah, he does strange things. So do you, but okay. Uh, but anyways, I, I did hear on my drive-in this morning that seems like Dawn Staley's taking a hit that she got outcoached, and how could South Carolina lose? And I'm thinking, without watching the game, can we give credit to Iowa and, and this Caitlin Clark girl? I mean, what a performance. And, and I was pretty good. I underestimated Iowa. Obviously, I don't follow women's basketball as close as I should, I thought South Carolina, I told everybody that was asking me about, I said, South Carolina will win the national championship better than anybody on the men's side that you could pick to win the men's side of it. But they didn't. And it was a close game, and then I'm hearing, well, she got out coached, and Don Staley was really sour to the media um, after the game. You know, let's just give credit to Iowa and Kaitlyn Clark, period. Um, they're playing for a reason. They're that good to be in there, and they did a lot of good, a lot of good things in that game that South Carolina didn't stop. So as far as her getting out coached, I don't see that. Well, and you're a coach. You know, it's a player's game. And yes. when you're a big-time player, and she's a big-time player, Aaliyah Boston has Absolutely. just four points and three fouls through three quarters of play. And then your other big-time player, Zaya Cook, who averages 15.1 points per game, thinks she had about 18 or 20 at halftime, didn't do a whole lot in the second half. When your big-time players don't perform at that level, and in Iowa's case, this is she had a triple-double 40-plus in the Elite Eight win over Louisville. She goes out and gets 41-8-6, and six, doesn't miss a free throw. National semis record for points. It's hard to top that. And it's her, what, 19th game this year where she's had 25-plus points, 5-plus rebounds, 5-plus assists. The next closest player, Dino, on the women's side with that many games has five. So she's got 14 more than the next closest player, which means she's head and shoulders, knees and toes, Above the rest of them. I mean, that was just incredible. And she's shooting shots from, like, the logo. Steph Curry-like. Mm-hmm. Well, I heard somebody say, great, great comparison. She's the Steph Curry of women's basketball. Looked like it last night. And and the thing about it is, she was responsible for 58 of the 77 points in terms of assists and scoring. Come on now, that's just an ungodly performance. So. Well, the game plan was good, Ed, because they were daring South Carolina players to shoot threes. In fact, Caitlin Clark, I don't want this to come off as disparaging because she doesn't play any defense. She didn't play any defense for much of that game last night. She got a couple early fouls. She was basically laying off her defender in the lane against the, the big trees, the size of South Carolina. Now, she's doing so much in the offensive end, you really can't critique her or knock her for that. And there's a lot of players in the men's game at the pro level that don't even play you know enough defense or exert themselves on that end of the court compared to offense. But that was something else last night. And how about the other women's uh, Final Four game? You mentioned it. Virginia Tech taking on LSU and Kim Mulkey, who won a championship at Baylor, famously with Brittany Griner, which has been in the news, and that's been a little bit of a a sour uh, topic a little bit. But Virginia Tech coming into last night 43-0 and 
went up by nine or more points through three quarters under Kenny Brooks. Well, it became 43-1 and as they were down nine early, had an 11-0 run to end the half to go up two. They got up 12 with 540 to go in the third quarter, up nine after three, and then LSU scored 13 unanswered, had a 33-11 to burst as Alexis Morris scored 27, Angel Reese with 24 points, 12 boards, both Morris and Reese with 10 apiece in the fourth quarter, and Virginia Tech was stunned. And I think in some respects, this is going to sound weird to say, and Virginia Tech had a fabulous year. Kenny Brooks has done a marvelous job. We remember him from his days at JMU as, you know, Dino, battling Wendy Larry in the old CA right. rivalry days right. with the Lady Monarchs. But uh, he's done a marvelous job, so I don't mean this to be uh, critical of him. If you had told Kenny Brooks last night, hey, you're going to have a nine-point lead, and if you hold on, you'll play Iowa in the national championship on Sunday. Not South Carolina, Iowa. He would have taken the pen, paper, sign and said, I've got a chance to win a national championship, something Virginia Tech has never done. The closest they got was their football team 23 years ago with Michael Vick, which in some respects, people saw them having a chance because they had to electrifying Michael Vick. And Tech's got some great players. Georgia Moores, a great shooter. You've got Liz Kitley, who had 18 points, 12 boards, 7 blocks, but... That was a little bit of a missed opportunity. And again, not so much Tech's fault as LSU came and took the game in the fourth quarter as you watched it down the stretch. It looked like LSU was just the better team in the final quarter. And and you wondered, in, in some respects, how they got behind by 12 points in the third quarter. Yeah, I, I, when they went up 12 on it, I just looked, LSU had that look like, oh, what do we do now? But they are tremendous. And by the way, Angel Reese is my new uh, women's college basketball crush. That girl reminds me of a little bit of Flojo. Florence Joyner, that in terms of uh, her look, Florence Joyner was a track athlete, Olympian. But LSU and Kim Mulkey, and Kim Mulkey is, what was she wearing on the sidelines? I thought she was growing flowers. Growing <laughs> uh, flowers? Oh, you get like Kim Mulkey's appearance? That, Kim Mulkey is the new Pat Summit. That pink uh, whatever it was she was wearing, yeah. The... Well, Pat Summit don't wear those outfits. No, she didn't wear those outfits, but I mean her intensity and her, um, oh, I got you. she's screaming at players, assistant coaches left and right, which she's known to do. But LSU is pretty doggone good, too. And and I think, what, their only two losses, South Carolina this year? South Carolina, no, and Tennessee in the SEC semifinals. Okay. Lost Tennessee in the SEC semifinals. So, in Virginia Tech, Kenny Brooks in a, in a group. And our good buddy, uh, Jim Corrigan. Yeah, former ODU man and women's assistant. Tech. Yeah, we were hoping to connect with Jim. Unfortunately, tough loss. And we'll, we'll I'm sure we'll bump into him at some point. It's funny. I did it. I think it was an ODU men's exhibition I was filling in for uh, Ted Alexander on Ed. And I think I saw Corrigan there. And he made the comment to me, hey, if you ever need a sidekick when Ed's on his uh, road trips or something, I'll come in the studio and do the show with you. Next thing I look up on TV, he's coaching with Virginia Tech women. I I was like, when did that happen? I didn't yeah, know until last week he was there. He didn't need us, but yeah, he was. he's helping out there, and I'm glad to see Jimmy back in the uh, coaching field where he belongs. But Virginia Tech, what a just a marvelous job. And they've got some pretty good players, too. The, the Moore girl and the um, Kitley, yeah. Kitley girl. I mean, he's done a great job there. Kenny's always had that great, even-keeled demeanor about him. He's always kind of like smiling on the sideline, and his kids really play hard for him. I always have any at JMU. So he has established Virginia Tech now as a – national uh, power, so to speak, in women's basketball. But LSU-Iowa for the title is going to be interesting because it's really flipping upside down. Whoever's going to win this game, it's wide open. You know, my first thought is that LSU will win because of the emotional hangover effect that Iowa's going to have from beating South Carolina. However, the more I think about it, the way LSU plays, they're so aggressive. You foul Iowa, they're going to make every free throw. They were 14 of 14 last night. They don't miss free throws. It was a lot like the Hampton girls in the state championship game. Pulaski County was coming back, but they made all the free throws that we called a few weeks back on the NFHS network. And, you know, LSU's inside play is good. Their guard plays pretty steady. I just wonder about less than 48 hours for Iowa coming off that, you know, emotional hangover effect. Well, you know, it's going to be a dandy of a ball game. It's hard to go against Caitlin Clark the way she's playing. I might have to give them the nod, even though my brain tells me LSU's the better team and one player is not going to beat the better team. Granted, I know Caitlin Clark has some teammates that step up. It's not just her. But then again, she just beat South Carolina without much size. And, you know, the, the rebounding edge was offset, as was the bench edge, by just their shooting proficiency from three, from the foul line, and... Really, that took away South Carolina, who also gave away some opportunities with some careless turnovers at times. I think the nerves got to South Carolina at times in that game. Not throughout, but in some stretches that did. Yeah, again, 30, what, 36-0 and 0 going into that game. 42-game win streak. And yeah. the more you keep winning that late, the pressure is there. And mm-hmm. they got put in a situation not quite um, amicable for them and what they've done in the past. Now, this game coming up, I really think the pressure's on LSU. They play more right. uptight. 
Um, of course, that, I think that has to do with Mulkey as the, as the coach. I think Iowa, the, the whole world picks South Carolina except Iowa. And, and I think they're going to be at ease. I think they know they belong in this game. I think they know they have to play a little, di- a little bit different against LSU. But when you get to this point, it's you play what got you there. You do what got you there, which Iowa does a tremendous job at doing. And I think the pressure is on LSU to win it. That and I could easily pick Iowa to win this, but and I'm like you, I think LSU girl for girl is a better team. Sure, but I said that about South Carolina over Iowa, and look look at that result. Well, they've got Reese Morris, Flor J Johnson. Look, they've actually hit fewer threes than their opponents. So if you're going to beat Iowa and you get into a shooting match with them, you're not going to win that with Caitlin Clark. You have to make it about the paint play and and the inside game and get Clark and Falchable go at her defensively. So it'll be an interesting matchup. We've got some men's final four games to talk about later on the show. A couple of our guests will include the likes. of of Milan Brown, assistant basketball coach of the Pitt Panthers, who's a Kickatan grad, Hampton native. We tend to have Milan on most every year when he's available around Final Four time because we love his analysis and his just his insight on the game. And by the way, being an ACC coach with Jeff Capel at Pitt, he is on the staff this year when Pitt did beat Miami at home. So they're one of the few teams to knock off Jimmy Laranega's cane. So we'll dive into uh, what the matchup looks like for UConn and Miami. Also, the other game involving San Diego State and Florida Atlantic, which we know you all out there had in your brackets from the very beginning, right? San Diego State uh, knocking off College of Charleston in the first round. I didn't. And FAU knocking off Memphis and Penny Hardaway in the first round. I didn't, but I loved it because, you know, I don't care for Penny Hardaway too much these days. Uh, so we'll dive into that with Milan. And by the way, he also had a very um, scare, big-time scare a year ago health-wise, which I'm sure he'll tell us about. It was well-documented on the Internet, including by David Teal in a story in the Richmond Times-Dispatch a few months ago or actually a few weeks back uh, we'll also chat with jack castleberry in the next hour of the show he is the new head basketball coach at fairly dickinson virginia beach native cape henry graduate that's around 11 25 a.m eastern this morning and we had jack on about a month ago or i should say three four weeks ago ed did a zoom with him which he played back when he was an assistant coach to tobin anderson now the new head coach at iona before they played their first four game and then their eventual 116 shocker with purdue and I remember he made the comment that they just didn't want to see Houston. Well, they didn't see Houston. They got Purdue, and they pulled off one of the stunning upsets of all time, biggest in terms of points spread, I believe, in the history of the NCAA men's basketball tournament, joining UMBC from a few years back, knocking off Virginia as the only 16 seeds to ever derail a number one seed in the round of 60, 64. So we'll talk about his new situation as the head man at FDU and a guy that was in financial planning just a couple of years ago, got out of the coaching business, got back in, and is now the head coach. That'll come up in the next hour of the show as well. But I want to get a couple tidbits out there while we have a chance. MVP honors last night for Lake Taylor grad Joe Bryant Jr. of Norfolk State in the Reese's All-Star Game. He finished up with 22 points and six rebounds. And Joe, not Jelly Bean Bryant, but Joe Bryant of Lake Taylor will also play in the HBCU All-Star Game coming up tomorrow. So how about that? Joe Bryant representing the 757 last time on the big stage. Pretty cool. I think we'll see Joe probably at the PIT Hopefully. Uh, this weekend. So. I, as of right now, and I know Robert Jones, the head coach in Harvard State, took to social media and Twitter about this. He has not, at the moment, received an invite for the PIT, which comes up in a couple of weeks here. So, a little perplexing. I have heard through the grapevine that Jordan Miller, who had the marvelous game for Miami, former Virginia Preps Classic MVP, by the way, how about his game? 27 points on 7 of 7, shooting 13 of 13 from the foul line. We called a state championship game of his, uh, Loudoun Valley, about four, five, six years ago. Uh, I have heard that he is going to be invited to the PIT. I would assume he accepts it, and I think he has a great chance to be drafted or definitely play in the NBA. Just a smooth, silky, six, six and a half wing um, who just plays with just an even kill demeanor out there on the court. But I would think Joe Bryant's probably deserving of that opportunity, too. I would think so. Not, not just because he's local, but he's had a really good career. He's been instrumental in Norfolk State's winning, and, uh, and Joe goes hard on that mm-hmm. court. I think it's the type of player that the PIT in the past has really hanged their hat on in terms of bringing in and getting looked at. Now, whether Joe's NBA material, who knows? I mean, It's going to be hard for a lot of people. Yeah, and at the very worst, unlike you, it should be an alternate because some of these players in the Final Four that get the, the opportunity may not come due to be just wanting to rest up and so forth. So he should at the very least be an alternate for this, I would think. Without, I, I really think he should be should definitely be invited because he's had a good college career. He's gotten a little bit of pub now and I, again the, from the PIT from what we've known in the past really does a great job of bringing in a guy who we don't think much of he has a great tournament and then he gets looked at Joe's definitely going to play uh, professional overseas if he doesn't get NBA that's a guarantee but you never know you know gets on the right team and he's able to do what he does at the college level at the pro level you, you, you get paid 
One more basketball note. Tyler Nickel, the all-time leading scorer in Virginia High School League history, who played at East Rockingham. We called his state championship game as a freshman on the NFHS Network. He has left UNC to play at Virginia Tech, which we a lot of us thought he would end up there from the very beginning. So he's going from the heels to the Hokies to play his college. He's one of the 1,200 plus in the portal, and he's obviously made his decision where he's headed to the portal. That's to Virginia Tech, much like Makai Long has committed, formerly of Old Dominion, to Virginia Tech to continue his college hoops career. We got some football nuggets, we got some baseball tidbits, a whole lot more over unders coming your way, a couple of special guests. And when we return, we've got some trivia. It's all coming your way. Get it lined up at 757 687 9494. It's your sports connection throughout Hampton Roads and beyond 94.1. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Here are Matt Hatfield and Coach Ed Young. And 757 Saturday Sports Talk is brought to each and every week by Larry King Law. If you're injured in an accident, you know who to call at 757-I-N-J-U-R-E-D for Larry King here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1 with the coach Ed Young, Dino Franz, the other side of the glass. I am Matt Hatfield. It is now time to play some trivia here on the program. And what are you getting? What's at stake here? Well, coming up on April the 15th, Pembroke Bingo Hall Sports Card Comic Book and Collectible Show has... Dennis Oil Can Boyd, you remember him, Ed, Major League Baseball, right? Absolutely, Oil Can Boyd. Well, you get a chance to get yourself an autograph uh, for the show coming up April 15th. Again, it's going to be at the Pembroke Bingo Hall Sports Card Comic Book and Collectible Show. Chance now to call in and get that if you can answer the first of our two trivia questions correctly at 757-687-9494. That first question is, tell us the last men's basketball team to win the NCAA Division I National Championship in overtime. Oh. Tell us the last. Don't say it all. I know you know the answer. 757 I used to know this. Well, you used to know this. Yeah, we got that No, I, did. I just saw it this week. I showed the video to my class. Well, that, if, you, if you showed the video, that means it's happened in the last 20 to 30 years. 757-687-9494. Tell us the last men's Division I basketball championship winner in overtime in the title game. 757-687-9494. We'll get you a chance for that Dennis Oil Camboyd autograph. And if you go see our man, Restle Savage, who I'm sure we'll get back on the show here again about his shows coming up. He's got one May 6th at the Fieldhouse, June 10th at the Bingo Hall. He might give you a special Ed Young discount or prize or a future bobblehead, which I know we're efforting to get that in creation. I got to get a bobblehead of myself. I got to do it. Listen, there's a lot of coaches that have commented to me they want the Ed Young bobblehead so that they can put it in their like office, and then when you say something that drives them nuts, they can just smack the bobblehead. No, they want to rip oh, their no. head off. Yeah, well, that too. A la me with the little penny doll, which no longer exists, by the way, because the little penny little yeah, penny bobblehead is gone. 757-687-9494. Tell us the last Division One men's basketball national championship winner in overtime. Can I give a hint where the game was played? No. No? No. They should wow. Know they should know if this. These fans are Uh-oh. who they say they are. If they say who they are. And it's close to their heart. Well, who would they say they are if they're not who they say they are? I, you you got to know this one. you got to know this one. This one, one is. Yeah. Can I give a hint? N- no. You just the said I couldn't give a hint. Don't, no. Beat. Don't do that. I just wanted to give a hint and you said no. What makes yeah, you, give, you give, give a hint? Your, your Dino's got first person. We got someone on the line before you give out hints. We do have right, somebody on the line, line and uh, they think they have the right All answer. Right, what's what's our do. guy's name or gal's name? Uh, this is uh, Hayden. Hayden, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm well. Oh, you sound like a youngster out there. Yep, I'm 13. 13. Lucky number 13. I tell you, it's the jersey number of one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time, Kurt Warner. What's the answer? Uh, I think it's UVA. Oh, Hayden, you're a smart cookie. You're a winner. Hayden, how do you know that? Do you guess it or you know it? Oh, I, I guessed it. You guessed well, it. You guessed what? I hope you do that well in school in those guesses. Congratulations, Hayden. We're going to get your name and info from Dino in just one second. In fact, we might give you not just this autograph for Dennis Oilcam Boyd. We might even get you a... Ed Young, 500th victory towel, a Nansman of her shirt, or if Ed doesn't have either of those two options, maybe a Virginia prep shirt. So stay on the line, and congratulations. Thank you. Hey, right. where do you go to school? Uh, Brandon Middle School. Brandon Middle School. Uh, you play- oh, here we go. You play in the sport now, Dina. Listen to this. 
I just made the baseball team. Nice. Congratulations to you. What position? Third. You pretty good? Uh, yes, sir. I like to think so. Okay, that's good. And, and confidence is big. Now, what about your grades in school? Oh, all A's and B's. All right, that's what I want to hear, my man. We're, we just gave you your first interview, and then when you uh, do well at the high school level, we'll bring you back on here. All right, thank you. All right, congrats, Hayden. Keep, Hayden, keep them grades going. All right, you know, we'll get uh, Hayden's info there. So good job by the youngster. We love, listen, we love tell people, we love everybody calling it. You can be young, old, male, female. We do not discriminate. We love all of our listeners and fans out there. We love listener and fan interaction. All seven of them. We love them. All seven. We got more than seven. Stop that. Fifteen. More than 15. 96. What's wrong with you? Since you want to start rumors, how about how about we start one now? Ed Young is uh, beginning Monday going to Las Vegas. That's where he will be relocating. I would, I, I would you know what's funny you mention that? Uh-oh. I, Uh-oh. <laughs> I was looking at, <laughs> excuse me. Uh-oh, as he says he's he got me all choked up. I know. I was looking for some trips to Vegas this summer. I haven't been to Vegas in a long time, and I don't have the coin to really do it, but I don't, I'm not a big gambler anyways like some other people I know. But I would like to take a trip to Vegas. What if I, if I put my cash app out there? Could people your donate? cash app? No, I can't that, do that. That's how come I see that all over the place? Dino's our boss. Dino, can we do Dino's, that? Or not? Dino's on the phone right now with Hayden. You don't have time oh, to right. answer, Dino's got to deal take with care your of foolishness. By, by the way, while we have a chance here, a couple other tidbits I want to get out there. I mentioned the basketball tidbit. Here's a football tidbit. I actually have two of them for you. You want the high school one first or the NFL slash local one? Let's do best for last. Go NFL first. All right. Coming to Virginia Beach on Sunday, June the 4th. Do you know who will be in town from the National Football League? Who's not a local guy, but will be in town? This is a good one here. Uh, AFC, NFC. He's an AFC player. Uh, June the 4th, he's coming to the Virginia Beach Sportsplex with the Speed Academy. I don't even know if Dino knows this. He's a very fast guy. You know this one, Dino? Well, if he's uh, the Speed Academy, I imagine he is quite fast. All right. uh, <laughs> you want to take, take a crack at this? You could probably get it. Coming to our area. We're actually efforting getting him on the show. You say AFC or AFC? AFC. Well, I was just on the phone with our winner, so I didn't quite hear the well, beginning it's, it's, of yeah, uh, it's, it's a very fast guy from the NFL. He's not a local guy, but he'll be here on June the 4th at the Virginia Beach Sportsplex with the Speed Academy. The Speed Academy. Yeah. Very fast guy. Oh, you just said Miami Dolphins. Oh, Ed's going to beat you to it. You better guess, Dino. I got it. I got it. Uh, go ahead, Dino. I, I'm at a loss. Oh, go Hill. ahead. Tyreek Hill. The Tyreek Hill, will be fastest in town. guy in We're NFL. actually efforting getting him on before you know, June 4th. I almost, I almost was going to say a uh, different team, but not Miami, but I was thinking Miko Hardman. Yeah. Because, you know, those guys were teammates in Kansas City they at were. one point, and uh, Hardman's a pretty fast guy, too. He is. So he'll be in town. Maybe we'll get him in studio if, if he's willing to cooperate. Now that yeah. I put it out there, all the media, all what we call them, the media vultures will be all over him by yeah, June the 4th. We, we, now that we've put that secret, top new, secret news out there. And we won't be able to get him because somebody else swooped him up. They uh, swooped him up. But uh, anyhow, Tyreek Hill, if you want to go see him, you better uh, dart on over there June 4th at the Virginia Beach Sportsplex. So how about that? Pretty cool. Yeah, well, I like that. The other football tip that I had for you uh, is, is a Richmond player, but he's going to play his college football at UVA, which ties into our trivia question. we got one more trivia question. So if you didn't win the first go-round, we got one more coming up here in just a second. Uh, Thomas Dale quarterback Ethan Minter has committed to play his college football at UVA. UVA has not had a lot of local quarterbacks lately in terms of in-state players, but this is one we, you know, years past, some of them have worked out, some haven't. We think back to Marcus Hagens, who did work out. We think back to Aaron Brooks, who did work out. Some others did not work out as well, but this could be their QB one of the future, perhaps, for Tony Elliott and the Cavaliers. By the way, Tony Elliott will be in town next month at the Virginia Beach Sports Club uh, luncheon. So if people want to go get some tickets, go check that out on the Virginia Beach Sportsplex website for that, too. Uh, but he's going to be the guest speaker, I believe. It's next month at the luncheon. So uh, Tony Elliott getting perhaps his quarterback of the future. He is going to be a senior next season at Thomas Dale. And you did say last week that a former top-notch high school basketball player in the area, Kings Fork High School, entered the portal. Which one was that? Jalen Epps. Jaden Epps. Jaden Epps. Epps. So he, did. he will be announcing shortly where he's playing, and the rumors abound that he may be back in the uh, in the state playing. Have you heard that? I haven't heard that. I've heard NC State, perhaps. I've heard a bunch of different options. I have my sources out there now. Well, listen, you like starting rumors, so go ahead and start another one. No, this is being, being it just a kid. Let's let him make it. You know, if, if, if Ed's picks were as good as his rumors, he'd be he'd be flying. I'd be flying. Yeah, he's I'd, dead on on the uh, rumors. I could go to Vegas if I did. Yeah, that's right. You wouldn't need to put your cash up out there. Yeah, I know. I got to get a ruling on the cash app give out. But then on the poll question, is, it, is should Ed's youngest cash app be acceptable, yes or no? 
so I can get some donations to donations. Uh, well, with your betting record, yeah, you need some mm, uh, <laughs> under five hundred last couple of years. You're not quite that Dino's level of picking underdogs. We got one more trivia question for Dennis Oil Camboit autograph before we go to break. It's out with Milan Brown seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. In fact. This one will be taken off air by Dino, but here is the question. We told you the last men's national championship winner, Division One, in overtime was University of Virginia. We want to know who the last women's national championship winner was in overtime in the D1 title game. Maybe we get one tomorrow with Iowa LSU, but tell us the last female national champion, Division One college hoops in overtime. It has happened in the last 20 years. 757-687-9494. I used to never know this one. All right, never knew this one. So we'll take a timeout and come back with Milan Brown, assistant basketball coach of the Pitt Panthers, kick a tan, grad Hampton native. It's all coming your way next on 757 Saturday Sports Talk. It's 94.1. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Here are Matt Hatfield and Coach Ed Young. Back here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk, powered by Larry King Law here on 94.1. And we're so pleased with the coach, Ed Young. I am Matt Hatfield to be joined by a special guest, longtime friend of the show. He is a longtime college basketball coach. It actually started for him here in the 757 in Hampton, Virginia at Kickatan High School. Went on to play his college hoops at Howard, then became an assistant at Old Dominion, Mount St. Mary's. William and Mary was the head coach at Mount St. Mary's, took them to the NCAA tournament in 2008, also was the head coach at Holy Cross, became an assistant at College of Charleston and is currently an assistant coach at Pittsburgh with Jeff Capel and the Panthers who made the NCAA tournament this year. 24 wins knocked off the likes of Mississippi State and Iowa State before falling in the round of 32 to Xavier and he is the recipient of the 18th annual Bob Bradley Spirit and Courage Award from the ACC Sports Media Association and uh, last May Milan Brown, our guest, suffered a cardiac arrest caused by an irregular heart rhythm when walking on the concourse of the Peterson Event Center. And we say good morning to our pal, Milan Brown. Coach, how are you most importantly? We also want to ask about how the Brown clad and family are doing, but how are you most importantly? Doing well, Matt. It's uh, good to talk to you. And Coach, good to talk to you as well. And um, I'm, I'm feeling good and doing well. And um, the family, family's doing well. Morocco's running around trying to – I think make sure that Indianapolis Colts get a quarterback and an offensive lineman. And uh, Marseille right now is uh, doing his training as usual. I think he's trying to get the kid, uh, Gigi Jackson, from South Carolina, ready for the draft. Uh, there you go. That's nice to hear. Well, I know it's been a whirlwind uh, 12 months for you, and we've been keeping you here in the 757, and everyone that knows what took place. I know David Till did a very touching piece in the Richmond Times. We had David on the show last week about what you went through, but I know you're very thankful and blessed to be standing and helping Pittsburgh continue to uh, win ball games. Absolutely. Yeah, it was um, it was something, obviously, that was very unexpected, but uh, I'm absolutely blessed that I was um, had the uh, right people in place to help save me. And um, and it's it's interesting and, and great, obviously, at the same time that I don't really have any. <laughs> there's no real repercussions when I when I um, had a pacemaker put back in me. Uh, seven days later, they just told me in the hospital. They said, "Okay, you're good to go." And I'm thinking I'm going to get a laundry list of things to do, and they said, "You're fine." So um, back on the court coaching and. Um, it was a great season to go back on the, on the court coaching because we had a great year. So glad to hear. Hey, Milan, great to hear from you. Coach Young here um, brings back some good memories of one of the most well-respected coaches we've had, players and coaches we've had in this area, and I know what you stand for, and we've had conversations in the past, and I'm glad. I read the story. Uh, Matt had sent me this story about what happened to you, and I'm going to say something kind of off, off, off some little humor. Don't go – to Megadeth and Lamb of God concerts. Okay, <laughs> this, this is I read the story and they they had a, a metal band concert that night at the Peterson Center, and I think you might have heard them practicing and it caused you to fall out. So I know you're more of a Johnny Gill, <laughs> Freddie Jackson type guy. So stick with them. No more Megadeth. No more Lamb of God's that that's, crazy metal stuff. That's the go-to in his iPod. Nope. I thought it was something else, Milan. <laughs> No, Milan's got no. that Freddie Jackson. He got that smooth stuff, man. Yeah, don't, don't let yeah, nobody kid you. I, I, right, right. I'll keep, I'll keep Luther, Luther Vandross on tap. There you go. I, See, Charlie Brown hey, talked. Hey, coach, it was uh, no, hey, coach. You know, you know, my father was. 
Charlie Brown taught you well. Sunday morning when I woke up. Yeah, because I can hear your father now in the hospital room after you get the pacemaker to fix your heart and all that stuff. I can hear him now saying, you know, what the heck you doing with this Megadev stuff? So uh, great, great job and all that. But, um, hey, I was, I, was, I was blessed that they were there uh, setting up for the concert. One of the guys down there who was setting up ran up and helped give me CPR and helped save you, man. So I'll, I'll take every blessing I can get. Well, hey, now, Milan, and the thing I, in all series now, your guy, you're you're always on the go. In, in the position you do as a college coach, and you're you're a hustler. You're looking for players. You're on the go. And and normally as males, we don't take time out to go to doctors and whatever. I'm sure now that this has happened to you. I mean, we're talking about very similar to what happened to the Buffalo a Bill young man out there. How has this kind of re? I don't know. Energized you, re whatever, in your brain in terms of you know you woke up in the hospital. And then when they told you what happened, right. I was like, wow, could go through that with us. Right. Well, obviously once I was able to, to go home and get uh, everything situated, trying to get back to some semblance of normal, um, definitely not only was I going to take better care of myself, not that anything was wrong with my, they said they found nothing wrong with my heart. There was no blockage, no scarring, but it's still, you know, you, you, you take your health very serious. And as they say, health as well. So I'm, you know, trying to be more knowledgeable about what I'm eating, um, trying to make sure I can stay consistent with some exercise. And the other thing is, is talking to other people now because I was saved about them taking care of their health. So just trying to pass it on. And uh, you mentioned the kid, Damar Hamlin, who actually played here at Pittsburgh. And he came to one of our games and we had a chance to talk and, uh, we've been in contact uh, throughout here because both of us obviously had similar situations, and we were lucky enough to have people that understood what they were supposed to do to help save us. The great thing, he was in a great situation where there were people on the field to do it. My situation was different in the fact that it was regular, everyday people like myself, Coach you and Matt, and it was people with new CPR. Uh, the women's basketball, ter- Terry Mitchell, she knew where the AED was to, and she knew how to use it because of the training. So that's my thing now is just trying to keep passing on the message. Um, I know that uh, DeMar went to the White House a couple of days ago talking about trying to get the AEDs in all the middle schools. And um, I, th- I think that's a great initiative. But just trying to be mindful of your health is, um, is, is, is very important and something I take seriously. Well, Coach, as you look at the uh, Final Four coming up today, and they can hear all right here on 94.1 through our friends at Westwood One with San Diego State, 31-6 and six, taking on Florida Atlantic, 35-3, and three, and the first of the double dip. The other one involving 29-7 and seven, Miami, who you guys were fortunate enough to beat there at Pitt. I know they got you late in the regular season to get that one seed for the ACC tournament. The Canes and Jim Laranet got 29-7, and seven, taking on Danny Hurley's 29-8 and eight, UConn Huskies, who have been dominant here. I mean, this tournament to not have a one, two, or three seed, the favorites, if you will, the co-favorites of Alabama and Houston, Houston both went out in the Sweet 16 to the likes of San Diego State and Miami as San Diego State was able to knock off Bama and Miami was able to take care of Houston. I mean, this whole tournament, we expected it to be wacky, but nobody expected the four teams we've got standing to be the four teams. Right, yeah, it's been that type of year. And I think, obviously, with, the, with everyone having the COVID extra year, um, teams have been able to keep older players. And I think that has been a, a factor in it. Um, I saw some stat before where it's about 16 players, I think, on combined from all four of the teams were on their teams last year. That's it. They were all they were all there. So I think it was at the starting five. Oh, okay, I got you. The starting five of all four teams, 16 of the 20 guys were at the school already, so they had some retention. So I think that helped. And then the other thing is these kids play so much. Once the high school season's over, but they play and travel so much with the AAU, so you get to see everybody and you're friends with everybody, and you, you know, it's a three, four month thing. No, nobody is afraid of anybody because they've seen everybody. It's, it's different. Like when when I played and I'm playing with Boo back in 1987, 88. You know, I read about Kenny Anderson before I saw him actually come to Hampton and play, but we played twice against each other. That's it. You know, we flew to California. We we didn't we had never seen Sean Kemp. 
we just knew we had Alonzo Mourning and Brian Stith. And when we showed up in California, everybody was talking about we were going to see Sean Kemp and Chris Mills, and we played them one time, and that was it. It's different nowadays because they get the kids are so close and, and play all the time. I think there's no fear factor. Now, Malone, I got to ask you, um, you guys, the transfer portal, that and the NIL is big, the big news all over the place. Everybody's blaming that on the, the Final Four and why we have these kind of teams and all kind of stuff. I've heard from numerous people that they said, Pitt, you guys did a tremendous job recruiting the portal, which is the new terminology we have to use in, in recruiting. And, and your, your um, chemistry was good. Now, you have firsthand account to tell us that because other teams, Carolina being one, did not do a good job of the portal, and the chemistry wasn't good, and we saw what happened to them. Talk us up to us about the portal and, and the attitude that you guys use now about the portal and how good it was to you. Right, yeah, the, the, we did a, a, an excellent job uh, this past year in the portal grabbing some players that we needed. Uh, we just really tried to address some needs. Coach Capel, when we met as a staff, he just said the two things. The year before, we couldn't shoot. So he said, when we bring in the guys on the portal, I want to be two things. First and foremost, we need them to be really good people. We, we just said they need to be good dudes. And then the second thing they have to be able to do, they have to be able to shoot. We need them to space the floor. And then the third thing we tried to look for, if we got fortunate enough, was hopefully we grabbed a couple of guys who actually understood and were a part of winning somewhere else before they got here. So those are the three things that we really looked for and that coach wanted us to get. And um, we were able to find it in the kid, uh, Greg Elliott from Marquette and Nellie Cummings from Colgate. And then we already had two holdover transfers that had come the year before with Nike Zabonde, who won the sixth man of the year from Miami, Ohio. And then um, Jamaris Burton, JB, played at Texas Tech. But before that, he was with Greg Marshall at Wichita. So they all came from winning. And then the biggest one for us was Blake Henson, who came from, from Iowa State, who had played one year at Ole Miss. So those are the three things we looked at. And, you know, it's, it's very hard to build your team and let us say you're going to have it for the next three or four years. I think that's we pretty much know that's going out the window. So having good people is a big thing because you're pretty much going to have a new team every eight months. <laughs> that's kind of what you have to think about. And so Coach wanted to make sure, first and foremost, get some good players who are good people. And then our chemistry was great, and that was the secret sauce for us. Everybody likes being around each other. A few more minutes here with Milan Brown. He is an assistant basketball coach with the Pitt Panthers out of Kickatana High School in New Hampton, former head basketball coach at Holy Cross and Mount St. Mary's. Our guest here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk on 94.1 Priority Auto Sports Radio as we get you set for the upcoming Final Four games. You can hear with us, with our friends at Westwood One, as San Diego State takes on Florida Atlantic and Miami plays UConn. And uh, Coach Young mentioned with you, Milan, about the success you all had in the portal, as did Miami in the ACC last year, ranking fifth in the country in steals, where they put up 80-plus points in their last three tournament wins over the likes of Indiana and uh, over Houston, as well as in that Elite Eight thrilling comeback over Texas. And uh, one of the guys they got from the portal a couple years ago came from George Mason, our state here in Virginia, and Jordan Miller, who was just incredible in that win. 27 points on seven shots, joining the likes of Christian Leitner and Lore in tournament history, which was just unfathomable, right? Right, no question. And uh, I-, I joke with Jordan that when I was at the College of Charleston, I recruited Jordan. Mm-hmm. And so when he was coming out of George Mason, it was us in Miami to try to to recruit him, and uh, we and obviously ended up going to Miami. So it was funny, the last game of the regular season, when we played him, I grabbed him, pulled him to the side, and I said, listen, you already won last year. Let me go ahead and have this ACC championship. You don't need that. <laughs> you, you already – he pushed me away. He said, no, nah, Coach, I had to do what I had to do. But he – to me, I know Isaiah Wong is tremendous, and he is very deserving of winning player of the year. But to me – I think he is the most important piece and, to me, the best player for Miami mm-hmm. because not only is he a good player, but he also is he's – he's a glue guy for them, but he's really good. So whenever they need a stop, a big assist, the right pass, whenever they need a stop, a rebound, he ends up getting it as well as being able to say, I won't miss a shot in the game. He can, he can do both. So he's a very, very important piece. It'll be interesting to see how – um, UConn tries to handle them. I, if 
I'm guessing they'll probably put Jackson on him and not put uh, Calabro, who's a bigger guy. I think they'll put Jackson on him to see if he can try to slow him down. How much does the uh, health, there's been reports in the last 24 hours, Milan, about Jordan Hawkins, the sharpshooter for UConn, who had a couple of uneven first half shooting the basketball in the round of 64 and round of 32, the wins they had coming from behind against uh, both, and we say coming from behind because they've been dominant, but early on they were down against Rick Pitino and Iona and also against St. Mary's. He's had some tremendous second halves and played very well in that Sweet 16 win over Arkansas as well as in the Elite against Gonzaga, but how big of a deal is that? Because I know they have other weapons and they have the sides inside, but if Hawkins isn't the guy delivering threes for them you wonder if Miami gets that pace in the 80s will they be able to keep up right yeah they, they, tr- Hawkins is definitely somebody that they need um if, he, if he's not right that changes their team because he I mean he's a pro he's a, he can come off screen shoot the basketball stresses the floor can get to the paint very good athlete he's a wing that matches up with Miami's guard play so if he if he's not right it, it definitely could um could be some trouble for, for UConn trying to do just because you, you can't lose your second lead score at this point in time in the season. That's really hard to adjust to. Now, Milan, in, in also in looking at this game, Miami has made everybody um, losers in terms of the tough teams that they played against. They know a bigger Texas team, but everybody looks at this and says UConn is just too strong on the boards. Just their depth is really strong. If Miami, and Miami's not big. They got the big fella inside who's, who's, who's I think, a pro also. And he's been known to get in foul trouble. What scenario helps Miami win this game? Obviously, got to keep him on the floor. You played Miami; you've seen him up close. But I know you know you're very aware of what UConn has. Right? Yeah, they, it was interesting because Miami was actually my scout. They're they're a very very good team. The thing that has happened, and, and, and Matt, you mentioned earlier about what the scores were in the seventies and eighties. When we beat them at our place, I don't. We want to play up tempo as well, but the game was in the high sixties. Hmm. no one scored over 70 points when we lost to them at their place it was in the mid 70s if the game gets into the mid 70s and 80s they are really really comfortable because they have four or five guys that at any point in their five-hour offense can all play one-on-one and they all can get their own shot and because they all can shoot everybody defensively is on their own island so It'll be interesting because I know UConn likes to get up down the court. And, Coach, you talked about them, the size advantage and them beating them, being able to beat those guys up on the glass. Miami's not punks. That They are not going to punk them. It won't happen. They are, they are not going to get punked. And they're very dangerous because they're never out of a game, as we saw last game. They were down, and all of a sudden they go on a 6-0, 7-0 spurt and then they're back in the game and playing confident, and Pack is making jump shots, and Poplar's making shots. So it'll be interesting to see how this game plays out. I know everybody's picking UConn, and I, and I get it. I will not be surprised if any of the four teams cut the net down, but I will not be surprised if Miami is the last team standing at all. They are really, really good. Which leads me to my final question for you, Coach, and we appreciate you coming on this morning. You know, the other game is sort of viewed as the, uh, the the JV or appetizer, which might be unfair to San Diego State and Florida Atlantic, as you know from coaching at all levels, high major, mid major, whatever major they want to call it. These two teams are worthy of being here. San Diego State with its great defense, they're twenty two and zero when allowing sixty five points or less. They won that uh, rock fight, if you will. They had with. Uh, well, obviously with Alabama in the Sweet 16, but then beating Creighton in that crazy finish. And Matt Bradley has not played great for them, so he could be due. Meanwhile, Florida Atlantic, which has a local guy on its staff, and Drew Williamson as an assistant. Dusty May's team can get up and down. They beat Memphis in that first game. They've come back against Tennessee, who's a very physical team. It feels like tempo is going to be the big deal in this game. If FAU can push it up, they should win. If SDSU keeps it to that 65 or below, they should win. Is that how you feel about it? And can the winner of that game beat either Miami or UConn, or will it be so hard to bounce back after that game, short turnaround, and win that type of game? Yeah, I, I do think that uh, it's definitely a contrast of styles. There's no question about that. San Diego State, as you mentioned, they're going to keep it in the low 60s at all possible. They did a great job of defending um, the kid Butler and Jamel are tremendous guards. Uh, but FAU, they play with no fear. It's so hard to play against those guys. They're, uh, they're similar to Miami. They always have four or five guys on the floor that if you – they'll shoot it at any point in time. They're very competent in each other. They want to get the ball up and down the floor. And when you have four or five guys that at any point in time will shoot, it just keeps the defense on high alert the entire possession. They play with great tempo. The kid Davis can score. They have a big kid inside with golf. Uh, I think his name is Goldwyn. So uh, Greenlee is another good guard. I mean, they 
they're similar to Miami. If the pace gets up and down, it, it could be it could be trouble. I'm, I'm rooting for Drew for sure. I'm rooting for Drew, and hopefully FAU could come out and pull it out on top. But if it ends up being Miami and FAU in the championship, I could definitely see a a tennis match for sure going back and forth. <laughs> It'd be neat a Sunshine State battle, which nobody had in their brackets to begin. Not even Ed. How about that? <laughs> and that would be a match of Florida and Miami would probably be the most exciting matchup because it would be a lot of launch. It'd be scores going up and down and. Um, it would be it could be an overtime game too, but Milan, I'm going to get you out on this question now. Matt's going to be mad when I say this. Uh-oh. He I did got, this to Mike Rhodes last week. By I the way, he said Mike, Penn State. Got, Here we go. <laughs> I got Mike Rhodes a Penn State job last year. Last, no, last week. week, yeah, yeah. I, I made mention of it. Nobody had said it. I called it. He got hired. Now I don't know. My sources haven't told me Milan Brown is in the job. I will say this comment right now. Uh-oh. There's no doubt, and I know you won't say much about it because I know you're, you're humble about it. And no doubt you deserve the head chair again. Not that anything's wrong at Pitt. And I know you, you and Jeff are great friends and all that. But I'm just saying, you've got to be the head coach again somewhere. And somebody out there with some of these yahoos that they have coaching now, they got to get a spot. So I'll just say this. If it's not next year, it will definitely be the year after. But I've got a small feeling we'll be talking to Milan Brown soon as the new head coach of blank, blank, and I'll leave it at that. Coach, I, I appreciate your confidence. Obviously, I, I love what I'm doing here with, with Jeff and, and here at Pittsburgh, what we're building. But yes, if it's um, and there's no mystery about my intentions, that there is an opportunity out there that that's good for me and my family, and I, I would love to get one more crack at being in the head chair again and um, building the program. So, but the great thing is, I have a great job, and I'm with great people right now. So, um, get the best of both worlds. If it doesn't happen. I'm in a great spot. If it does happen, I'll call you up and ask for you to give me a few players. <laughs> well, you know what? If I can get somebody to play for you, that would be tremendous because I know they'd be coached and they'd be taken care of too. So I'd have no problem with that. I've always had tremendous respect for you as a player and definitely as a coach. And we're glad that we got a chance to talk to you and you're not laying face down on that con- on that concourse. Just remember, stay the heck out of the metal band concerts. It's not your game. There you go. <laughs> no question. Thank you so much. That is, the Bob, guys, that is the Bob Bradley Spirit Encourage Award recipient from Pittsburgh, Milan Brown, Kickatan grad, Hampton native. Thank you so much. All the best health-wise to you and your family, and we'll talk again soon. I appreciate it, Matt. Thanks, Coach. Take care, Milan. You and the family. That is Milan Brown with us here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk. So uh, classy he is, and great to see that he's doing much better after that health scare a year ago as he gave you his Final Four handicap with FAU, SDSU, as well as Miami taking on UConn tonight. How about the point him and uh, the youngster from Pitt, Hamlin? How they they had yeah, a chance to say, talk it's very odd. I mean, near death, mysterious. Wow. But you know what? It was you know ordained by heaven, as, as it, I think it was written in Teal's article. We'll take a timeout. Sports interrupted, I believe, coming up with Dino, and we've also got more coming your way, including Jack Castleberry. It's all ahead on seven five seven Sports Talk. It's ninety four point one.